This is Bucket Listening from First Horizon Bank, sharing first-hand stories from people who have found a way every day to live their bucket list. Everyone has aspirations. Often people see them as goals to be accomplished sometime down the road. But we say, why wait? Welcome to Bucket Listening, where we're talking to amazing people who have found a way every day to live their bucket life. Hi, I'm your host, Tabitha Scott, and I'm so excited you could join us for this episode. On the show today, we have such an inspiring guest, the author of Made From Scratch and the CEO and founder of The Cupcake Collection, Mignon Francois. And along with Mignon, we also had the pleasure of being joined by Yolanda Green and Herman Hicks. Yolanda is First Horizons Market President for Rutherford County, Tennessee, and Herman is a Vice President and Private Client Relationship Manager at First Horizon. Together, they work closely with Mignon to ensure that she has the right ingredients to bake up her perfect bucket life. Mignon, Yolanda, and Herman, welcome to Bucket Listening. Yeah. Hey, that was really cool. <laughs> That's exactly what they've done. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's great. I can't wait to hear all about it. You all have quite a story. Our listeners are going to want to hear all about. In fact, Mignon, was it in 2008 when you took the last $5 that you had for dinner one week? and developed a recipe for success that has grown into this destination bakery with over 5 million cupcakes sold. What in the heck did that moment feel like being down to your last $5? It was something that I understood. It was a place that I always was. We were always struggling to make ends meet. So the the thing that's more um, disruptive for me was figuring out how to make money and then live in the abundance or the overflow. I knew what it meant to live in lack. And it was becoming part of my narrative. And I was tired of being sick and tired. I feel like you can be sick or you can be tired, but you can't be both. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted out. And this was my plan to get out. Where did you get that strength inside you that helped you believe that you could do this? Yeah, I get I feel like my strength comes straight from God. I was raised in a very religious household that we were in church all the times when the doors were open. And I began to read back to myself what the promises were on the inside of that book that I was very familiar with. And I felt if those things were available to them, they must also be available to me. So when I felt it most necessary, I would go in and just read those scriptures. And I said them to myself until I felt them or I repeated back to God sometimes in a very angry way. What about me? You said this. Like, when is it going to be my turn? And I learned in the process that some of the things I was asking for, I couldn't handle or wasn't ready for. And some of the things I was going through was preparing to take me from where I was to where I wanted to be. Yeah. And what would you say to others? And for some folks, they can't get their heads wrapped around what it's like to be down to that last $5. Are there any particular things that come to mind or things that you would tell others 
that are aspiring to change the world, that are aspiring to live their dreams, something maybe you told yourself to get through those moments. Yeah. All things work together for the good of them who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. That means all things, all of the time, not some things, not some of the time, not when I feel like it, not when it looks right. It means all things work in tandem to bring you to the place where you're supposed to be. And the other one I would say is count it all joy when you experience trials of many kinds, knowing that these trials come to increase your perseverance and your perseverance when it's mature and complete, you will lack nothing. And that was the thing that I knew that as I go through these things, as I become to a place of maturity in my get through, then I would lack nothing. And I believe that's a place that I have been able to help a lot of people when it looks like you're down and out or you're down to your last start counting it as joy, rack it up as there's a win, there's a win, there's another. These things are building me so that when I get finished with this particular race, I will win. You talked about things coming together and everything connecting. It was interesting. I heard when you first started out, the house that you lived in with your family, it also doubled as your commercial bakery for cupcake collection. So What were what was that like? What were some of those challenges when you're running your business out of your home, you're raising babies and juggling being a mom? Yeah, I love this question. I didn't want to open my bakery in my house. I wasn't excited about this being the location. I wanted what everybody else had, a business that they went to that was in the marketplace. And when I was faced with, you can take this man cave that I have and turn it into your business, it was like, but again... <laughs> I think it became all things work together for your good because it showed me that we wouldn't be where we are right now today without that because we were able to have a low overhead and it doubled as our home. So that meant that the bakery business, which began in the black and always stayed in black, was partly because it allowed us to put a roof over our heads and over our business at the same time. So what I thought was bad turned out to be good. I'm also a person who always sees the positive in things. I'm always going to spin a thing around to make to bring me joy. Oh, I love it. I don't want to interrupt real quick, but it's just so interesting how Germantown became Germantown when you were there just building and doing, and then the whole city just developed around you. I don't think that's by coincidence, yeah. Mignon. Thank you so much for that. Well, that's been a story that we've been trying to make sure is told. But now it has become a destination. And it's partly because of the work that Yolanda and Herman helped me to do. Because when I found them, or they found me, whichever way that it happened, it was at a time where I didn't know how to leverage money. I was just paying for everything and bootstrapping everything and buying a spoon off of a sale of a cupcake. It's because of them and the power that they gave me. The They increased my faith to believe in what I could do. And it's been more of that that my business stands for other people in this community to show them what they also can do if only they believe. Yolanda, Mm-hmm. I would love if you would share a little bit more with our listeners. If they are not familiar with Germantown and its history, could you tell us a little bit more about how that transformation happened? 
Germantown is at the end of a street called Jefferson Street that's just primarily been been the African-American community in Nashville for years. At the other end of Jefferson Street, you've got TSU, where I went to college for undergrad and graduate school, Fisk University, Meharry, et cetera. And then you go over a bridge and then it was just open, very connected to very connected to downtown, great access to the interstates that surround Nashville, but there wasn't much development that was there. So Mignon is right. As soon as after Katrina happened at that time and the the repair of Nashville, that area was very salt upon. It was a distance from the traditional historical part of Nashville being the African-American community but it was sought on, gosh, this is a great development about where it was placed. Everyone was flocking for these cupcakes and it wasn't a, there were bakeries around, but it wasn't an opportunity to have just a cupcake. And it wasn't just a vanilla cupcake. It was everything that came through Mignon and her family and her history in New Orleans and all of it just melted that group. So from the cupcake collection, became all of these other pockets of restaurants. And then First Horizon Park is there for a baseball team. And you go over there right now and it's unrecognizable. It's really the catalyst, I think, of Germantown really started with Mignon. And it's it's an incredible experience to be part of. And Herman, how did you get involved with this? Yolanda mentioned in Germantown, I had the, the, the opportunity to finance a lot of those businesses that were coming in in law firms and all of these restaurants that were coming in the area. I, I love working with people that have dreams, fighting against all odds, that are climbing the ladder, that that appreciate hard work and overcoming obstacles. Th- those are the people I really like to work with. And I think Mignon embodies. Your story is so inspiring. And you said that you always believed in yourself and as you achieved your success without a traditional background of a business degree or industry experience. And how did you cultivate that winning self-confidence? Where did it come from? And you didn't have access to the experience and resources that a lot of entrepreneurs rely on. How did that happen? I think it was my mother. My mother was my biggest cheerleader. She believed that we could be anything. And those were the things that she said to us. And she would let me cry on her shoulder. But in the end, she would pump me up and tell me what I could do and who she created me to be and what she always knew was living on the inside of me. And that was my secret sauce. It's just amazing what you've done. And but decade after you started the Cupcake Collection, it opened its first brick and mortar location in the city where you were raised, New Orleans. And what were your emotions that day as you opened those doors for the first time? And what were you thinking? I felt like if we could make it there, we could make it anywhere. It was up to me. When I went to New Orleans, I felt this is a food town and it's very critical here. So food being the destination, why you come to the city, it's food first and then it's music and culture. And so I just felt if I could make it there, I could make it anywhere. And so we had been there about all, just about a year when we finally opened our store. And it was because I got a chance to run into Herman Hicks. So I had been hearing this name 
around town and he was walking down the street one day coming out of my business. I was like, we stopped. I was like, are you the Herman Hicks? Okay. <laughs> he was like, what do you mean? But Herman, is that for real? Is that for real? Man? And y'all, she's, she's great. I, I I don't know if I remember it like that. I think it was the other way around, I think, because I know exactly what Mignard looked like. No, that is not what I was like. Are you the Herman Hicks? You know, people talking about me. And I was like, absolutely. I need to talk to you. Everybody says that you're the one to talk to if you're trying to build wealth in, in this community, if you're trying to figure out what you're doing with your money. And I need to talk to you. So he made an appointment with me right there on the sidewalk. And like he said, he came back and he talked to me, came back and he talked to me rather quickly. He immediately went back to his boss and she really wasn't on board with what I wanted to do. So he came back and had a come to Jesus moment with me, as I like to call it. And he said, listen, I'm going to send you to a banker that's in Murfreesboro. I believe that she's going to believe in what it is that you're doing. She's outside of my market, but I believe I'm leaving you in good hands. And so he didn't just leave me in her hands. He went back and he came back with her. And this stuff happened very quickly because I was trying to open a store in New Orleans and I needed a little bit of money to do it according to them. Now, I have my own money that I can use, but he said, why would you use up all of your resources when you can use our resources? And I said, this is because I've always, God has called me to debt freedom. I need to remain out of debt. He said, but this is operational debt. And he began to teach me about how I could use money as long as I wasn't overextending myself or coming outside of what I could do or what my assets could cover, that this would be operational debt. I was like, okay, bet, bring her to me. And so they came <laughs> and they talked to me. And when Yolanda came, I kid you not, she came in there with some documents and handed them across the table, like, sign here. <laughs> it was just really <laughs> that simple. And I, this is what I believe. I believe when God does something, he adds no trouble to it. My whole banking relationship and experience prior to this had been, what do you have? But these people who had never done business with me showed me my value in the community and said, listen, you already have what it takes. We believe that you have what you need and immediately opened up accounts for me that I was able to go and fund the opening of that store. And so I built that store out. We've now been there for six years. This is year number six for us. And it's been because of the injection of help that they brought to me, not only just financially, but in my mindset. Mostly that's the thing that I'm so grateful for is how they showed me how to think. These were not things that my parents had ever done before. So they only knew so far as to what they could do. I, we are the first generation of African-Americans who have access to wealth transference outside of insurance policy. So this is going to be the first generation of African-Americans who are transferring businesses and property to their children. And to now be in this place of not only creating wealth for myself and a legacy for my children to stand on and my grandchildren to walk in, this is 
huge what this relationship has done for me. And in addition to all of that business success, Mignon, you have also written a memoir titled Made from Scratch, Finding Success Without a Recipe. What is it that you want readers to take away from that book? And in the process of writing it, was there anything that it taught you about yourself that you may not have seen otherwise? Oh, yeah. I met my father there. I'll say that very poetically. I, for my whole life, I thought my dad didn't like me. I, I wasn't even sure if he loved me. Writing this book, I learned how much I was like my father and all these things that I tried to change about myself, about the fact that I would just give myself away, my stuff away. But that's who he was. He was generous. So I believe I was also his reminder of who he was in his life is like, (laughs) all the things that he had done in his life that needed to be better, I probably was an example of that. But I learned the love of my father writing this book. He passed away while I was in the midst of finishing up this story. And so I, I thank God for the tumultuous life that I had under his leadership. But what I would hope people would see in my story is all you have is all you need to get you from where you are to where you want to be. And that being whatever your situation is, that you can count it all joy, whatever the trials you are experiencing, because you will have joy. And that's what I found in the process. As I wrote my own story, I cried when I finished writing and I recently got to record the audible version. And after I read the last chapter, I just sat on the side of the chair and the engineer came out and hugged me because I was just sobbing. And it's because I don't even know this girl anymore. This girl who's in this story that I'm writing about has become this woman, but she also opened the door for me to become who I am. And that's what I'm hoping I'm able to do for other young women like me, to show them that they are becoming And that every day is a new part of what they will be one day. And had I not been through all of those things, including the domestic violence I experienced, including overcoming the tragedies in my life of not having enough and raising my children and all those things to be victorious, I'm not a victim, I'm a victor. And that's what I want people to know. And so Through my story, I hope that people will see the honesty and the transparency that is my life. And when you talk about the way that love is shared and how it leads to better things, the root of the word currency itself, it comes from a current that transfers things and the current trade amongst things. And when you talk about the things that you endured, you had faith currency, Faith was your currency. And you talk about that in the book. And I would love for you to share with us what is faith currency and how did that bring you through? So in March of 2020, we were hit with two storms. We were hit by the pandemic and we were hit by a tornado. And that tornado, our business was in the eye of that tornado. And so while the rest of the whole community was flattened, our house was standing. Mm. And a lot of people were turning to look to me to say, how are you still happy? (laughs) Like my business is closed down for 10 days. I operate on cash. 
we need cash flow. We're supporting a whole store in New Orleans. What are we supposed to do? I turned the camera on and I told people what we were going through, what the experience was, and that I needed to find five days worth of pop-up shops outside of the business to recover the days that we were going to lose. (laughs) And so someone heard me ask for this where I was giving, where I was being a part of a donation for food in North Nashville. And as the store, as the news would come to tell my story or as people would come to help me clean up my business, I would send them away and tell them they need to go to North Nashville where the story wasn't being told, where they needed help. And we ended up garnering a whole bunch of people to get together and start a food chain and the things they wanted to donate and give to me, my friends and business started saying, okay, we're going to go set up in North Nashville. Those things wouldn't have happened had I not amplified the voice of that. And so that's began to be the narrative. So I started going onto Instagram and doing a live every Monday at seven o'clock PM. I started with red beans, because that's what we made on Mondays in our house and in the city where I'm from, New Orleans, everybody's got red beans on Mondays and I would make cornbread and I was showing people what my life was when I started this business, making cornbread and red beans and started giving recipes for those things and they would show up for the cornbread. And what I found is that people were afraid. And so for me, faith was currency. God showed me that faith and money had the same properties, that it you will get out of one what you put into one. You can't take from a bank what you didn't deposit. Faith is the same way. You can't take from faith what you did not deposit into it. And so I began to show people how you could get a greater return on your faith than you can for what you put into money. And so they began to operate in that. And I saw people opening businesses off of this Instagram live we were having. And they were showing up to ask questions and all of that stuff. And I began to write every week about what I wanted to share with them. And in the process, my business grew. My business began to flourish. And Yolanda, when you're working with clients like Mignon, who have this amazing faith, how do you know what they need? How do you know um, how to help? The bank has a phrase called counsel and capital that we lead with counsel. And capital is really the end result. We do it here from really three different standpoints. So being reliable, being available, being open, having long-lasting banking knowledge and industry support and seeing the movie rims of many different clients over the years, that boosts our ability to be reliable. So when things happen and clients need us to stand in that gap, we're not a surprise. And being reliable is important. Being relevant is super, super important because we can't help advance clients to the next stage if we don't know what's going on. So staying atop of economic trends, staying atop of stimulus support during those pandemics, forward thinking is part of that relevancy, but it all starts with relationships. We spend time listening. We spend time asking questions. We're not going in, as Mignon said before, what can you do for me? We can't do anything unless we have relationships with the clients that we want to help. Yeah. And Herman, I want to dive into that just a little bit more with you. 
I know as a banker, you're going to be looking at assets and business plans and things like that. But talk to me about the human capital. What are those non-tangible personal attributes that you're looking for? I'm always interested in how they got to that point. How are you here? That's important to me because that's where I find my alignment, that intangible relationship. And that's what Mignon represents to me. It's the energy for me that I think the intangible thing that makes makes her successful. That's awesome. And this podcast is all about living your dreams, your bucket list, your bucket life. And so as we're winding down, I want to know from each of you, Yolanda, let's start with you. What's still on your bucket list? I, I remember reading about Venice in Italy when I was a kid and knowing that If I ever had a chance to really do some international travel, I wanted to start there. Oh, my gosh. Yolanda pointed out for me that I just finished one of my bucket list items, which I think is also a testament to to the relationship I have with this team. They know what it is that I'm dreaming of because they're the ones that are helping me to make those dreams come true. So I would say one of the things I just checked off my bucket list was writing my memoir. And one of the things that I'm still hoping to do is build a home from scratch. That's amazing. Herman, what's on your bucket list? I would like to retire one day, which means I've amassed a little wealth and I want to become a professor. So I want to be in this college in the fall where the leaves are falling. I got this hat on, these glasses, I'm smoking this pipe and I am (laughs) educating people and just really just can, and now I want to ride off in the sunset as a professor, Dr. Hicks. That is on my bucket list. Just love to start it. calling you professor. <laughs> you already, you already teaching us all, Harvey. You already teaching us all. I just now you just need the title yeah. professor. I'm changing it in my phone. You're professor, yeah. and I'm yeah. calling you Dr. Hicks. You. There you go. I love it. We're gonna move on here to our rapid fire round on bucket listening, and I've got one final very serious question here. Oh my gosh. Um, What is your favorite flavor of cupcake that you have? I'm telling you my favorite is sweet potato because just the thought of it makes me think of Thanksgiving and sweet potato casserole. And I'm just getting hungry right this minute. All right. What's your favorite? I'm going to jump in here first. The the blueberry lemonade is is my, my favorite. But not a knock against Mignon, but that is only seasonal, I believe. If, I, if I'm not mistaken, Mignon, it's only seasonal. We got to figure out how to get that infinitely in, in the rotation. But when that is out of rotation, it's got to be the red velvet. The, I, I will argue, debate, wrestle, arm wrestle, <laughs> whatever you want to do to uplift the red velvet cupcake. That is the best cupcake collection. Cupcake. Thank you. So that's sweet potato or red velvet or strawberry or that wedding cake that's really good. So it's just, we have to get them all. (laughs) And Mignon, do you have a favorite? Yes. My personal favorite is our coconut cream cupcake. It's a sour cream cake that's filled with a vanilla cream that we make. It's seasoned with the meat and the milk of the coconut. So we don't use artificial flavors in there. And then I toast the coconut to roll it in when I'm done with the almond buttercream on top. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that thing might not sound dreadful. All the time. <laughs> 
My grandmother would make me coconut cakes as if I willed her to do it. And it pays homage to her life. And so that's my favorite one. I so love that. Now, each of you, rapid fire, are you a frosting or a cake person? Yolanda? A cake. I'm frosting. I'm frosting. I'm frosting. No, I'm frosting. I'm frosting three. <laughs> so three frosting. What I love though about our cake and the cupcake collection is our cake can stand on its own. Mm. So even if you don't love frosting, there are a lot of people who come into our bakery and just want to buy the cake or they'll lop off half of the icing because the cake can stand by itself. <laughs> and, and, and Tabitha, you've got to try the mini cupcakes too. Those, those are really good. The, the one bite. Small. What do they call? Are they mini? You call them mini, mignon, mini yeah, cupcakes. Uh, mini cupcakes. You yeah, yeah. Pop them in your mouth. Those things are dangerous. Yeah, you just pop those, those things. You just oh, boom, yeah. three down and just don't even know it. That sounds amazing. <laughs> that sounds amazing. So, what hidden talent do you have that might surprise people? What hidden talent do you have that might surprise others to know about you? Okay, this time, Herman, I'm going to start with you. I can sometimes I can rap, Tabitha. I have this hidden talent where I can freestyle a little bit and rap a little bit. Yolanda, what's your spidey skill that nobody knows about? I love basketball so much so I, I could probably be a sportscaster or like some type of scout or or something like that. I don't know that there's anything that would surprise people that I can do. <laughs> but if I was going to pull one out of my hat, probably that I know how to lay tile. Hmm, that's awesome. The last question, rapid fire here. What never fails to make you laugh? All right, I'm going to start with you, Mignon. My kids are funny. My children and my grandchildren, they're hilarious to me. So I never cease to find an opportunity to laugh with them every single day. I, I'm going to keep it basic, simple, vanilla. Instagram is what makes me laugh all the time. Instagram. Yolanda? There's a guy named Jamie Foxx that never fails. He's so talented. I'm with you. I've got to say thank you again to Mignon. Yolanda and Herman for joining us on this podcast today. And a really special thanks to Mignon for sharing her deliciously inspiring story and perspective on life with us. It really touched me and I know it will resonate with you as well. And thanks to all of you for listening to our conversation today. And I hope you've enjoyed hearing from Mignon as much as I love speaking with her and hearing her story. If you did like the show, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. This has been Bucket Listening, presented by First Horizon Bank. I'm Tabitha Scott, and I can't wait for you to join us again. <laughs>